Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 227 of the Fun With Cars Motorsport Miscellany, a brief rundown of the motorsports we care about. I'm Robin Warner, and it is Tuesday evening, Eastern Time of the 3rd of April. That's 2018. I don't know exactly when this recording will uh, reach your ears, but just to let you give you a context of when uh, when I recorded it so you know what the news was when I was uh, recording. So anyway, first I want to take a brief look at our upcoming race schedule. In F1, the second round will be coming in Bahrain, and that is this coming Sunday, the 8th of April. And actually one day before, IndyCar will have its second round in Phoenix. That's a one-mile oval in Phoenix, and that's the 7th of April. And the World Endurance Championship will have its first round in Spa. That's a six-hour event on the 5th of May. You're probably going to hear me say that a few times more (laughs) before it actually happens. And finally, uh, IMSA, the sports car racing here in the United States, they have their third round coming up on the 14th of April in Long Beach, and that's a 100-minute event. So we're now into the uh, shorter events for a while. And that Long Beach event, I'm pretty sure, follows uh, the IndyCar, the IndyCar races there as well. Yes, it's also the it's the day before the IndyCar race. So uh, you'll be hearing about both uh, IndyCar and IMSA sports cars um, in the mid-April. So now I just wanted to go over a bit of news that's come up since the Australian Grand Prix and before the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, first, and <laughs> I'm laughing because of Chris Roche and his assumption of my Honda sponsorship, but according to Pierre Gasly, uh, the Toro Rosso driver, Honda has, quote, big, big plans for 2018. And basically what they're saying is the first, you know, over the winter and leading up to the first race, was largely focused on building the foundation of the relationship between Toro Rosso and Honda, and that Honda is going, quote, flat out and pushing really hard to catch up and be a very competitive engine in the very near future. They have a lot of plans set up, and basically what they're looking at right now is the best strategy for upgrades, considering that they're only allowed three engines for 2018. So, uh, Basically, what that means is something we already knew. Honda was going to try really hard to catch up, and they're, at this moment, optimistic that they will, and that Chris Roche may be right about all the engine penalties they're going to have, but might be wrong about the end result at the end of all those engine changes. We shall see. This is an Autosport article that I will have a link to, and uh, you can check it out for yourself. But In a nutshell, Honda is going to make engines that are great. Coming up in Bahrain, this is more Formula One, there is going to be a, uh, well, the the headline I'm reading is more glimpses, but uh, Liberty Media, the new owners of Formula One, plan to start offering some of the details of what they want to propose for Formula One in the year 2021 and beyond. This is the controversial Uh, formula that both Mercedes and Ferrari have said is giving them grave concerns and they might pull out of the sport and all this kind of stuff. But uh, the 
the idea is to simplify the format a bit and to take some of the cost out of Formula One racing. And so far, Red Bull has actually come out and said and and stated support for this. They're like, and Formula One's too expensive. Whatever you can do to make it cheaper is better. And I think the big point of concern is that there's talking about some shared components as part of the power plant. And that is what's really upsetting uh, Ferrari and Mercedes. And you can understand why, because they're definitely the most competitive. But I don't think that there's too much to worry about one way or the other right now, because 2021 is three years from now, which, you know, that's several lifetimes in Formula One. So much could happen between now and then that their thoughts on this would could be rendered absolutely irrelevant by the time it comes. But generally speaking, we're in a very dynamic transitioning time in motorsport where car technology is under such serious scrutiny with uh, emissions. And then there's also things like automation and electrification. There's so much happening in the automotive world and so many different directions it can go and different approaches that different companies are taking. More and more, Formula One is got to think about what's going to make the racing competitive and make it's something that's worth watching and a little bit less of what's the most cutting edge technology. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, get rid of technology, but what I'm saying is finding the right areas to push technology as opposed to big, huge, massive money pits. <laughs> so in addition to the Bahrain race, we're going to have, I think, definitely a few talking points when it comes to Liberty, Liberty Media's announcement. Um, guess who was in the news again? Former F1 champion Jacques Villeneuve had more vomit come out of his mouth that he thought were words. That's obviously a very loaded bias thing I just said, but really, I just, I've just, I've run out of patience with this. So Jacques Villeneuve thinks that Robert Kubica could be intentionally sabotaging the Williams team in order to get one of uh, their drivers out, um, either Lance Stroll or uh, Sergei Sorokin, so that he could get the racing seat because that's his ultimate goal. So Villeneuve has made <laughs> has made this uh, declaration that I find it gift difficult to classify the situation at Williams. The only thing that could unlock the potential of the car was Kubica and Robert, who is the driver who drives the development of the car. It's possible that he's tuning the car so that it's hard to ride for the other drivers. His dream is to race again, not be a third man. I would not underestimate that, and I would do the same in his place. <laughs> okay. The best way to get a ride in Formula 1 is to not ruin your team and anger the team bosses. <laughs> so that's incorrect and also wouldn't work and also almost certainly not true. But it's just one of those things like, you know, Jacques Villeneuve would make an excellent uh, shock jock. Uh, but this, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty gibberish nonsense of what he says. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, I do have a bit of non-Formula One news that is still attached to Formula One in a historical sense, Juan Pablo Montoya has got a ride for the 24 hours of Le Mans this year. Uh, 
the person attached, the American attached to the McLaren F1 team, Zach Brown, he owns another team called United Autosports, and that team is running a Liget LMP2 car. And as of just a few days ago, Juan Pablo Montoya was announced as one of the drivers. He's going to join Will Owen, Hugo de Sadlier, and or Sadlier, maybe he's French, and they're going to run in this Liget uh, PS, excuse me, Liget JS P217 car, and it's LMP2 class, and it's Montoya's chance to run in, you know, the biggest endurance race in the world. So I'm certainly excited for him and uh, very fascinated to see how he does. And I'm definitely going to pay close attention to how JPM gets on to the 24 Hours of Le Mans versus Fernando Alonso. That's going to be something to pay attention to. Juan Pablo Montoya had a pretty understandable quote here. He said, I'm very excited about the opportunity to experience Le Mans, and I'm looking forward to joining United Autosports after they had such a strong finish at Le Mans last year. They finished sixth, by the way. I've always watched the race, so I'm very happy to finally be a part of it. Hopefully, we have a shot at a win. So, that is the news that I wanted to cover for this off-race weekend. But... I'm not done. I have a new segment for the off-race weekends that I want to share right now. Chris, thank you for joining me for this new segment I'm trying out on the off-weekends of Formula One racing, um, Fun With Cars, Britishisms, and... I've always wanted to know this. I've heard it several times and not ever known the actual meaning. What in the world does and Bob's your uncle mean? And why do people say it? Okay, well, I think I can answer the first part. Uh, So if you use it in a sentence, you might be explaining something to someone. And at the end of it, you'd say, and Bob's your uncle. So it's kind of like you do this, that and the other, and then it works or it's complete and Bob's your uncle. So it's a strange term. I have no idea the history of it, honestly. I don't know who Bob was. Uh, I don't know whose uncle he was, but obviously he was a bright fella and um, could could explain how things work to people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've I've always, you know, where I heard it most, actually, uh, ironically enough, was uh, uh, The World's Fastest Indian, the movie about Burt Monroe, who was a Kiwi, a New Zealander. Yeah, but... Um, I later heard uh, someone on a news report, it was like, you know, an analyst uh, talking during the news and saying, I think Bob's your uncle is a British phrase. Yeah. So anyway, and Bob's your uncle. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? And then this all kind of clicked. And she's like, you know, I would, I, I know, I know an English person that I can ask. So uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and Trust me, I have plenty more. I'm hoping my interpretation of the end of the phrase is correct. But any Brits listening to this, feel free to correct me if I've misinterpreted it all these years. Yeah, maybe the uh, maybe the Americana in you is soaked in just a little bit too much and you lost that one. Yeah, but you never know. <laughs> but thank you, sir. I appreciate it. No problem. So uh, I do find the evolution of American English quite fascinating. The one that, that strikes me is the, the use of the word route. So 
I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember the song Get Your Kicks on Route 66. Yes. And somehow, in Michigan at least, it's transformed from being route, uh, you know, a path of a road going from one place to another, being route. And I don't get that at all. Do you have any idea why it's slowly morphing? Well, I can kind of answer that this is going to be a non-answer answer, which is, I think that's more of a regional dialect situation where some people are most like will be more likely to say root and others more likely to say route it's kind of like the south the southeast saying y'all as in you all Mm -hmm. and to be honest with you i so seldomly use the word i i don't know honestly which one i would use i i have a feeling that in the midwest i'd be inclined to say the word route and like you want the fast route or the slow route but when it came to the specific term you were speaking, I would say, oh, yeah, take Route 66. <laughs> so you contradict yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And uh, But generally speaking, route makes more sense in terms of spelling than root does. Root oh. is R-O-O-T, and route, like gout, is R-O-U-T-E. I don't And gout is has no E on it, but still. The O-U sound to me sounds more ow, and uh, two O's together is more oo. So I have to say the English have had that one wrong this whole time. <laughs> I was going to suggest it's a path to madness if you try and find any logic in the English language and the way you pronounce words relative to their spelling. So, you know, good <laughs> luck with that one. Well, you know what this is? This is an indication that this will be a long and fruitful journey of Britishisms and hence... Americanisms in response. I'm looking forward to this. It'll be good. It'll be a it'll be a voyage of discovery. <laughs> exactly right. Thank you, sir. As always, thank you very much. No problem. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Britishisms. Uh, I. There's so much about England that I love dearly, and I'm just trying to learn more. And apparently, there's a couple things that uh, Chris still wants to learn about America, too. So (laughs) we're going to have some fun with this, I think. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts. As always, I can be reached at feedback at funwithcars.com. Tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars and check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash FW cars. I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye. <laughs>